Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Oh, welcome to the good news. The good news is two of my favorite people are with me, and I swear to you, I still have this producer. His name is John on my other show, Daybreak USA, just because he likes me. <laughs> I don't, don't even giggle, John. I know you do. I, I swear he would have quit it's the true. job ages ago, but we have such a good friendship. Is that right, John? Sure. I mean, if you say so, yeah. Oh, yes, yes. And then Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life. Uh, both of them uh, Christians, my friends. Uh, John is a father of four. Um, I wanted him to come on today because he has a really cute little uh, uh, a little song that he sang with his daughter that we'll hear in a little bit. And that's why I initially asked him to be on the show because uh, there was a song that went viral recently with a little girl singing with her dad. And John's it. like, oh, I've got something. That's, I, I, mine, could go, uh, uh, mine could go viral. Well, so right. <laughs> we'll have him share that as our good news. But I think it's really neat. Like, I feel so blessed that, you know, Beatrice, I met you through, from doing the good news. John, I met you from, uh, you know, through doing Daybreak USA. But what a blessing to work with people who are also Christians that Amen. you respect, that you become friends with. I mean, Beatrice, you're one of my best friends. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And I love working with you. And you're a cool little short white chick. Oh, thanks, man. You know, um, because she's, and I, short? she's short. Yes, she's short. John and I work remotely. That's, He's in Wisconsin. Oh, fun. wow. We, we work. Met. We work in separate studios every day together. Wow. How and crazy you didn't is that? know how short she is. No, he she's didn't know. this no. little short, white, blonde chick, you know. And I mean, she's just fun to be around. She's funny as all get out. Yeah, John, you know she that. She really is. Come on that now. She keeps telling me that. I've never experienced that. <laughs> oh, she has a wonderful sense of humor. And she's just a good all around person. Come on, just like, like you, John. I'm the funny one. Come I'm on, John. You and I laugh so hard. We've had so many <laughs> weird stories lately that we, because we cover a lot of more of like the weird news on the morning show. Uh, it, oh, but yeah. you know, some of it's good news as well. Like this morning, uh, we covered a story about uh, a man who got a speeding ticket and he tried to convince the judge that the cop's radar detector actually hit on a uh, deer, not his own car. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was going 40 in a 30 mile an hour zone, but he should have Googled the speed of a deer because deer only go 30. Oh, Lord have mercy. I think it's worth a try. It's <laughs> worth a try one time. See wow. if you can make it happen. Wow. So I got away to, with it. I have to ask you, John, I, I, just, I, I guess this is a good time because I always think this, but I, I want to ask you because John's in the midst Uh-oh. of a divorce, and he's got four yeah. kids. He's in his mid-30s. He also helps his father with the dairy farm, so twice oh. a day he would milk cows for hours. He gets up yeah. in the middle of the night and does news for his local station. Then um, in the middle of the night, he joins me, and we do several hours of radio. At night, he and I pre-record interviews and plan our next day. And then during the day, don't you also go out and cover other stories for the local news station? And you have oh, your yeah. kids, and you make lunches, and you get them haircuts, and you take them to Bible <laughs> study, and you take them to basketball. Like, how do you even, like, stay standing? You know, I asked my pastor that too. I'm like, man, how can how can I do this? Because it's I, I, it's it's a lot of hours, and I sleep five or six hours a night tops. But wow. honestly, he said, you know, God gives you the strength to get you through this. Amen. And he really has. And I think the other thing that's true is you never hear from me on Sunday afternoons. Hmm. That's where I catch up. Uh... <laughs> you know, so he gives me the strength, and then he gives me the rest I need when he knows that I need it. Um, and John, how I, is I mean, it? You're in a tiny town, so everybody knows your business. So you and your wife got married really young. 
the divorce yeah. is not something you've wanted for for four years. You've worked on trying to reconcile and work it out. Um, yeah. And it, the, the divorce was not something you wanted, nor did you cause it per se. There was an extenuating circumstance outside, another person right. that has uh, interfered, let's say, with your marriage. Yeah. So with that said, um, how has that been within the church, having people look at you like, you know, this four years that you've been trying to make it work, but there's some judgment that you haven't been able to make it work. And even at Christmas, we talked about them saying they recommended you not be in the Christmas play because you weren't divorced yet. Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, wait, was... wait, 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 wait. What did you just say? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, that's... that's what I said to him when he told me I was livid. I was <laughs> livid, wasn't I, John? She flipped. Oh, yeah. Flipped. You, you flipped in I your flipped. own special way. I was flipping. so mad that they would judge this man who's done so that's much for his family. Crazy. That's crazy. You know, and that's not that's not God. I, I was just no. telling my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is, is um, 81 years old, 80 years old. And I sure. was telling her when she was younger, much younger, and my, my husband and his sister were much younger, her husband divorced her. And she went back to the mm-hmm. Catholic Church. She didn't have any, you know, she just wanted to go for solace. And she told the priest that she had just moved into town and, and she was newly divorced. And he said, well, you can't yeah. come here then. What? what? The Catholic Church. You can't come here then. Whoa. Because oh, divorce is wrong gosh. in the eyes of God, and we cannot accept you here, and you cannot come here. And I was livid yesterday when she was telling me about it because oh. I told her, I said, that's not God. God does not do stuff like that. Jesus said he came to save, seeking mm-hmm. to save that which was lost. Uh, you were lost, you know, in, in this thing that was going on in your life, and somebody's going to tell you, well, we can't have you here. You can't come here. That's not God. I will agree that God hates divorce, but that doesn't mean he doesn't allow it. There's that's right. know, certain reasons he allows it, and That's he right. doesn't. He doesn't judge us for it. Hey, nobody's tried harder than you have to make it work. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've known John now just a quarter of that time. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. I, I am. I have to be honest with you. I'm a little bit protective of him because I know what a good person he is and how good his, atten- his intentions are. Mm-hmm. And so he has tried so hard uh, to make this work, and there's nothing he can do. You cannot. Have hold. I not been a roller coaster? Yeah, it's been the hard. entire time I've known you. It's yeah. Been- it's yeah. good, it's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's yeah. good, it's bad, it's yeah. good, it's bad. It's painful. How do you maintain yeah. your composure with your children? Because the children, sometimes they're hit hard, and then sometimes they're not, because children are so very resilient. And I think that's the interesting thing, is that we shelter them from a lot of, you know, mm-hmm. what we deal with in mm-hmm. the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as they know, we get along great all the time. And we'll, I mean, last Sunday after church, we went out to lunch together and, you know, nothing was said, nothing bad happened, and we can still get along and maintain a relationship. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pastor Gary said, you know, look for the win-win-wins. Yeah. He said, if you know, if, if you get time with your kids, she gets a little relief from the stress because mm-hmm. she's way more stressed out with the kids than I am because, you know, a 13-year-old... He mops off, off to his mom. Ooh, you know, don't let him do that. Mm-hmm. Don't let him do that. No. Do, what do you say when he does that in front of you, by the way? Because my husband, I'm telling you something right now, a couple of times my 11-year-old son has tried to talk back to me, and Beatrice, I'm sure your husband is the same way. It's not going to oh, happen. No. It's unacceptable. So what do you do, John? Well, I and, and he did the same thing with his younger brother, and he was beating up on him, and you know he's got this little attitude. And I said, you know what, these guys... Uh, your brother's made the image of God, and you will not talk to him that way. Thank you, John. Because you know? I know John has That's... a sweet spirit, so I wasn't sure if he would get after him or not. But I'm telling you, the mom thing, if he starts mouthing off to his mom and he's allowed to do that, as a Christian husband, mm-hmm. that is going to be a bad role model if he talks to but... his wife that way in front of his children, your grandchildren someday. 
And that's another thing that I do with them is, I mean, when we go out to dinner, there's multiple reasons, you know, behind it for me. First of all, I hate cooking. And second of all, um, I want to always hold the door for the three-year-old because I want her to grow up realizing that gentlemen hold doors for ladies. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then the third thing I do is I I mention to the boys as we're walking up to the restaurant with with mom in tow, hey, one of you guys grab the door. Go grab the door. That's nice. Somebody's got to grab the door for mom. Good. You know, they got to honor their mom. So I'm hoping for brownie points at some point there. That's good. I love That's that. Good. You're doing a good job. You sound like you're really doing a good job. How does he stay? How does he stay? You know, strong in his faith in Christ when he feels let down by this. I know he wants his wife back. He wants his family back. I mean, he would like oh, to yeah. have that. He's working his tail off trying to support, help support two households. Mm-hmm. And what do you do, Beatrice, when? You can't make it happen. You can't mend the marriage. That you, I, I can't imagine the disappointment, and I get mad at John when I feel like he's getting walked on again. And I'm like, John, at some point, you have to cut the ties, and you deserve to have a wife who loves you and respects you. And so it's yeah. been four years. You're allowed to finish the divorce because it's been in the proceedings for so long. Right. And you are allowed to have a wife and go on with your life. Right. Well, yeah. two two scriptures come to mind. Um, one is in... Um, Let's see, Ecclesi- no, I'm sorry, Ephesians, um, having done all to stand, stand therefore, okay? You know what God has called you to do. You know um, what God has put inside of you. So everything that God has told you before, before this thing happened, and even now during it, you've got to stand in that. And then um, Hebrews, the 12th chapter, and verses 1 and 2, at the end of it says, and look unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith. You know, yeah. because I, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I've been through stuff. I've been through divorce. I've, this is my third marriage. And it's the last one. But Thank you have you never so told me much. that. Oh, you have never told Girl, me that. a lot of things I haven't told we you. We have been friends for years. You have never told me. This no. is your, never. You've been married for 25 years. Yes. But the first one was almost right out of high school. We were young. The second one was when I was in the military, and he was actually at Fort Leavenworth, Kansas, and he was not serving um, as part of his army um, station. Okay, he was actually ah. in Fort Leavenworth. Oh, so that was a no. Well, that's that. Yeah, that's that yeah. puts the kibosh on a marriage. The yeah, whole exactly. jail ah. exactly. thing. But my husband and I now, yes, we've been married for twenty-five. It'll be twenty-six years mm. on March the twenty-eighth. And they're crazy about each other. Oh, so absolutely, that, John. Yeah. That should give you hope. Yes. I should give you hope I because think- you are stuck right now, I feel, with my unsolicited free therapy advice. I'm not certified, by the way. This is just um, <laughs> free and, and, again, no no education in this. I feel like you've done your time the four years and that, that you want to have a wife and family and you're allowed to have that mm-hmm. and that you're allowed yeah. to have happiness. You've been living in separate homes for all these years. She's gone on with her life and continued to do the things that she does separate from your relationship and so I feel like you you deserve a chance to be happy, and you're not happy living this way. Well, I it's think like the, a free therapy you know, when session. you go back, you're comfortable in your chaos. You uh, know, it, it may not be great, but it, it's at least what you know and you're familiar with. Yep. Oh, you need to and, read and my sh- book, How to Get Over Yourself and Let Go of the Past, because it talks about that very thing, letting that stuff go, dude. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just saying. Wow, you, you called in to, sh- to share a, a song about with, with Anna. And here, who? Oh yeah. Hey, I, I, John, and I swear to you, 
<laughs> I promise you that was not what I planned mm-hmm. to do. It just kind of. Well, I just. I. This is a great, good man. You know, he works so hard. And think about it. We're together over. You know, the connection through the studio mm-hmm. every morning for hours. So we're laughing yeah. during the commercial breaks. We do interviews together. We do news segments together. We're cracking up. We know all about each other. And then at night, he and I are on the phone for a good forty-five minutes. Wouldn't you say, John? Well, not phone, but we're mm-hmm. connected through the studio. And so Sometimes we have. He- like hours. Yeah, we have the headset on, and he's. Oh, I'm going to basketball, and I'm like, oh, I'm doing this. And then we do our interviews and, you know, set everything up for the next day. So we probably spend at least, about, I don't know, three, four hours together um, connected oh, yeah. through a studio, but not face-to-face. Isn't that funny? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where we good relationships are made. Should we share the um, song? She's got it. So explain to Beatrice and explain, we're going to explain to you listening. Uh, there was a song recently that went viral, uh, Father and Daughter, You Got a Friend in Me. And John said, oh, I've got, um, Anna and I would sing together. She's just yeah. three. Oh. But tell she, um, you know, there, there's uh, Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, which a show on PBS that she loved for a long time. And she knows the words to every song. So, you know, putting her to bed at night for a while, I'd put my phone, you know, with her in her crib while I'm, you know, praying with her and putting her to bed. Um, and, and one of the songs is good night, Daniel, good night, good night, good night to you. And she knew the song. So then we switched up the words a little bit and that's kind of what we sing to each other every night when she goes to bed. Aww. All right. So here it is. Good night, Anna. Good night. Good night. night good night, night to you. Good night, Anna. Good night. It's Anna's time to close your eyes. Tomorrow will be news. Dream a dream of us and remember we love you. So good night, Anna. Good night. Good night. Good night to you. Good night. Oh, I take it viral. That was so sweet. You got a videotape. Is it? Is it a video? I should no. It was audio. I, oh. I I thought about it about halfway through, and I yeah, it was all I could do to get her to sing that. That's oh nice. my gosh, she's so stinging sweet. I'm telling you, he pours a lot of love into those kids. And mm-hmm. even as, you know, tired as we are with it, as early as we get up for this show, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. So what do you think? What's your dream for the future? Beatrice and I often talk about, I just did the women's conference and I said, if there's a trophy behind the finish line, and for me it was breaking the cycle of my childhood uh, of, you know, the alcoholism in the family and, you know, domestic violence that I wanted my kids to be raised in a home where there wasn't cursing and alcohol and where there's tons of family time and a lot yeah. of love. And you both know I, I've done that. I mean, my family family is just like, I mean, a priority. And my kids, I, I, boy, any kid would love to have the childhood they have. Oh, absolutely. They have so many opportunities and so much support. So if you thought about, and Beatrice wanted to be a writer from the time she was eight, yes. but she had a tough background. She had a typewriter at the age of eight, but she just became a writer in her 50s. And she was a drill sergeant, a hairstylist, and a truck driver. And finally, she was able to, later in life, pursue her dream. So, John, what's your dream for yourself besides work? Like, where do you see yourself in like a couple of years? I, you know, an awesome father to my kids. That's, you know, the most important thing, yeah. I think, along with a, a great relationship with Jesus. Um, and then making sure that they have that, too, and being able to model that for them. Mm-hmm. You know, in the little time that we have together, um, you know, it is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every week, but they have school and other things going on, and it's always so busy. To, so just to be able to make time so that they don't get lost in this world. Mm-hmm. 
That's good. That's good. And I think you're well on your way to that. Um, I don't know about your relationship with your other three, but sounds like what you have with Anna is really you really got it going on. And your 13 year old as well, because, you know, letting him know that in no uncertain terms that certain behavior is unacceptable. And he needs to know that right now, because in a world where all the kids are just going stark raving mad, seems like, you know, you're keeping them in that place where they will come grow up to be, um, you know, good citizens. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want them to grow up to be like me, and I want I want to set a good example and, and be a good goal for them to reach, I guess. I, hey, let me tell you something, too. A lot of men put their, uh, you know, careers first, you know, and it's funny because John has a home studio like I do for my, for my other show in the morning. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. when we're connected, when sometimes we'll also have Skype up. And so we can see that Anna's coming in, like, throughout the show. And he's, you know, running in the commercial break to get her a juicy box because she's gotten wise to the fact that she gets individual attention. Anything. Yeah. Yeah. And then he'll also give her any sucker, any piece of cake, whatever, to keep her quiet, right? You can mute your mic, but then when I need him to talk and we're doing news, he has to talk. But he Mm -hmm. doesn't have to talk through the whole show. I do. Okay. So uh, with that said... um, he was offered a promotion with our company, uh, a big raise and benefits, and but he had to move across the country. Mm-hmm. And he knew that there was a good chance his kids would not be able to come with him. And he knows right now that having him as a role model and as a strong parent uh, in what's going yeah. on, you know, uh, at home is so important that he turned it down, which was hard. You know, and they oh. and they really wanted him oh, to yeah. take the job, wow. right? How, that was hard, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, God had you know other things in store. He's given me other opportunities to make up for that opportunity. And, Hello, and working great. with me? Are you kidding me? Oh, it doesn't get any better than <laughs> that. Oh, the joy, the joy, joy. It's hard to sleep at night knowing I get to get up in the morning. And yeah, do daybreak with you. yeah. When I start sending you emails at like two a.m., uh, you know, I've gotten up early and I'm asking for different audio clips. Isn't that? Don't you mm-hmm. just feel joy, joy, joy in your heart? <laughs> it's, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a great day. <laughs> Oh, boy, you give all the right answers, dude. Wait, we have this funny thing that we laugh about because I hate the cold. And so I make a tent. You know when you were a kid and you used to type underneath the the flashlight? Mm -hmm. I make a tent with my phone and read the news in my bed. Yeah. Oh my! So God. I'm in my bed, but and I ask for undercover headlines. Yeah, so I ask him to send me the headlines because I don't want to get up and go to my computer. And so I'll say, send me that off our news service. I'll say, send me the headlines. So he calls them undercover headlines because he knows I'm hiding under the covers reading. Mm, mm, I mean, think mm. about it. it's a it's a weird lifestyle when you get up in the middle of the night and you have to be on yeah. on your game and yeah. be able to you know communicate with people and know all the news that's gone down that night and you know overnight. So John's really my right arm. You know, he he wow. feeds me information that's throughout cool. the news. Well, John, I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. You know, you're only 35 years old with four kids and you've got three jobs and you know you work so hard for your family and i just want you to know that you're making jesus proud but i do want mm-hmm. you to be able to, to know that you deserve uh, happiness too and that you know you don't have to be caught in limbo that the lord you know does not expect you to be caught in limbo for the rest of your life yeah. that's right beatrice that's right I'd ask, I'd ask you for your websites, daybreakusa.com. Don't you have that host, that Angie Austin? She is fantastic. That's the one. <laughs> she really is great. <laughs> That's what she's been She's been telling me that for years now. Oh, uh, okay. Months. So you just agree to it, huh? <laughs> yeah. And That's you told cool. me, too, so she must be all right. Yes. Yeah, she's, she's good. She's, she's cool. Good. She's good. She's a cool, <laughs> short, white chick. Good and short. That's all right. right. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Uh, John, uh, John again, my producer for Daybreak USA. Beatrice Bruno, your website. RealSargentOfLife.com. Well, that was fun. Maybe not for him, but it was fun for us. But, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. great. We'll be right back.
Good News of Jesus for you in high-definition radio and streaming at 670kltt.com. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver. It's Angie. Hey, would you like to donate items? You know, maybe some old sporting equipment, old furniture, old clothing. You'd like to tax right off. You'd like to help others, but it's kind of a hassle to gather it all up and drop it off, and you're just too busy. Well, guess what? Art Thrift Stores, they will come right to you, to your house, pick up your items, and leave you your tax write-off donation form. How do you do that? Call 303-238-JANE, 238-5263. And again, all of these items that you donate, they help people right in our own community. Uh, They help people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And what better thing to do with your items that you no longer need than to help others? I shop at ARC all the time. I get my kids sporting equipment, gotten a rocking chair. I've gotten boots there. I have a purse that's amazing that still had the tags on it. It's a coach bag, and I got it at ARC. I shop there, and I help others, and I donate my items about once every month or two. And I call 303-238-JANE, and they come right to my house with a truck, and they pick everything up. Check it out. Again, 303-238-JANE. Welcome back to The Good News with Angie Austin and friends. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, and I'm in the studio with producer Dave. And, and you know, we've got something um, exciting. I, it's exciting to me because I love hearing the stories. But um, producer David, explain what's, what we're going to be talking so about. So this is our n- latest installment in I Am Second. If you've been listening over the past couple of months, we've decided to do this uh, do this thing where we feature these films. They're called White Chair Films from this website called I Am Second. It, they're all these amazingly powerful testimonies. Um, I thought the biggest the biggest surprise to me is how, I mean, there's literally hundreds of these. Mm-hmm. Um, but the biggest surprise to me is how many people are famous out there that are Christians that don't really talk about it. You don't see it. You don't yeah. hear about it um, unless they're in a setting like this uh, mm-hmm. where I guess they feel safer to do it. Uh, although some of these people, I mean, you did know were Christians. You just, it's, you, it's just you don't really know the right. their testimonies, these things that they've gone through. Um, the one I've chosen for today is not necessarily a very, very difficult. Um, he's, he, you know, he's, uh, on the grand scheme of things, he's not. He wasn't abused. He was not a drug addict. He's nothing like that. Okay. However, he has reached the ultimate level of success, and um, and who I'm talking about is Clayton Kershaw. He's the starting pitcher for the Dodgers, for the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's um, known right now as the greatest pitcher in the game. Huh. He is unbelievable how good he is. Unfortunately, they lost the World Series. I've been a Dodger fan since I was a little kid. Oh, wow. So uh, I've been listening to this guy. I've actually met him at um, spring training before. He's much younger wow. than me. And it's funny, he's younger than me, but I look up to him. Um, but, uh, you know, when he was standing next to Sandy Koufax, I got Clayton Kershaw as a rookie and Sandy Koufax sitting there and I mean, two of my heroes oh, wow. standing in front of me at the same time. And, you know, I'm flabbergasted. Um, but... um. Clayton Kershaw has a pretty amazing story just because of how the things that he does, the things that he does to help his community. And and that uh, one of the things that runs throughout I Am Second, which is why it's called I Am Second, mm-hmm. is this idea of giving up control. Okay. Because we all want to control everything, yes. particularly a a pitcher, mm-hmm. you know, is like everything is about centimeters, inches, little tiny, tiny, tiny little movements, but giving up that control in your life, you know, that, um, and, you know, kind of giving it to Jesus and allowing Amen. Jesus to guide you and to take control so that it's out of your hands, Amen. essentially, but uh, so that you do the right thing. So, uh, but this is that 
uh, we've been doing watching the white fence films or listening to the white white fence white chair films, mm-hmm. and uh, we just kind of uh, you know listen a little bit. If if you hear something, please speak up. Um, um, I, I think this is very very powerful because he does something in the off season when he's not being a baseball player, okay. which I think is just so much more impressive than what he does on the field. I know. So here, let's start this one. When you're out there in the heat of the moment and you're pitching. It's a big situation. You're saying, don't throw a ball. Don't give up a hit. Don't walk this guy. The harder you want to control something, the more it gets out of your control. And you want to hit the outside corner with the pitch. If you, all you think about is, I'm going to hit that, aim it right there, hit it right there. That's the last place it's going to go. But when you have in the back of your mind where you're supposed to throw it, and then just say, I'm going to throw it as hard as I can right at that glove and just say that. It'll be around there more often than not. Um, if you've done the preparation and the mechanics of everything, is there? It's almost the same in life. It's like the more you try and grip control your life, the more God's going to, you know, untangle that from you. He's going to make things go to where you have to rely on Him. I was just so worried. I was so worried all the time. My parents got divorced when I was 10. I had so much anxiety about my own life. If there was something that needed to get done, I'd rather do it myself than let other people do it for me. You know, just just stuff that I couldn't control that I was worried about. My mom and I were trying to figure out how college was going to be a feasible option for us. Uh, You know, it's going to be so expensive, I can't afford to do that. I didn't know what to do on my own. When I kind of relinquished all control of my life um, was the day I got drafted. Um, that, that was life-changing. That was something that, you know, even talking about now chokes me up just because it's just amazing the providence God had in my life. God was there the whole time. I just didn't bother to look. I never thought in a million years I'd ever get to play professional baseball, get to play in the major leagues, get to live out my dream. Since I was a kid, that's all I ever wanted to do. But, you know, at the same time, if you're playing baseball, why are you playing baseball? Is it to, to have good success on the field and be a Hall of Famer or whatever it is? Sure, that's that's everybody's goal. But then what? But then what? Right. I mean, I think it's so important. It's that whole idea, you know, this metaphor of pitching and trying to hit that side, that corner, and it's never going to go there. It's never going to because it's something that's completely out of your control. Well, you know, and I, I'd never thought about it because I'm not a baseball person. I, you know, when I used to look at pro sports, it would be football or basketball, but and golf, of course. But baseball, I never thought about it because you'd see the pitcher on the mound, and you see the the um, the shortstop putting down one finger, two fingers, or yeah. whatever he's doing yeah. and stuff. And so the pitcher throws whatever that number means and I never thought about the pitcher being out of control of what happens with the ball when the ball leaves his hand I never even really thought about that but that is like life you know because we're born and we grow up you know one of the first things that we have to learn to do is to walk so we start the crawling thing then we can stand up or stand, you know, pull, pull ourselves up on a table. Then we can start walking and blam, we hit the ground. And if we don't get back up, you know, that's a problem. Right. Because then we, we're not learning anything. But this young man, 
has um like you say he's at the pinnacle the top of his success you know as a a pitcher for a major league baseball team but even he has to let go of control well and the, uh, so here's something to think about it's 67 feet from the pitcher mound to the plate okay and he averages around 98 miles per hour which is about wow. 0.02 seconds from the time it leaves his hands until the time it hits the glove wow. and in that time you know, 67% of the time or whatever, it makes it. But the other 30, 35% of the time, wow. somebody cranks it. It, You know, yeah. a home run or a double or a, you know, whoever, a yeah. double play. Who knows what's going to happen? But that's how small of a time it, it takes for everything to change. From your control to whatever, that somebody else is going to take control. So I think that's like, I mean, it's nanoseconds. It's like timing a bullet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... And that's how quickly it could happen, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's funny because we're talking about it. Uh, you know, that amount of time is an eternity to Jesus. <laughs> you know? You're right. It is because a day is as one. Um, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. A day, a thousand years, whatever. You know, but everything is in God's hands. Right. And that's how we have. When he, you know, he described how when he was 10 years old, his parents got a divorce. There was nothing he could control about that. Nothing whatsoever. And so, of course, he probably felt within himself, well, from now on, I'm going to control everything because that's how we think. Sure, we really sure. do. Oh, I won't let that happen again. Yeah, exactly. And this is, oh, wow, this is a, a good story. This is a good illustration of what it means to be, to, to be in that second position and let God be in that first position. That I never really, okay, sure. well, baseball. And, and the rest of this, too, I think is very important because his what next I mean, we all could do this. Nobody, it doesn't take a professional athlete to be able to do this and to care this much. So. For me, it's about the legacy you leave off the field. It's about how many people can I affect through the platform that he gave me. I got to go to Africa last year with my wife, Ellen. She's been working with some kids over there that she's gotten to go back and see. One particularly has uh, touched her heart, and her name is Hope, and uh, she's a double orphan. Both her parents have died from AIDS. You see the, the cloud in her eyes, you know, she's scared. Ellen just gave the quickest version of uh, the good news that she possibly could, and that's all it takes for people in Zambia. It's like they've been waiting their whole lives for somebody just to tell them, and uh, it changed my life. We just started a home called Hope's Home, and uh, in honor of Hope, this little girl. And uh, we just—it's uh, going to be an orphanage for about 12 kids, and we just bought the land for it. And uh, yeah, hopefully within the next year, we'll see the orphanage built, and we'll see the kids put in uh, the home. We're just an avenue, you know. We're just doing the part that God gave us. You can't think, oh yeah, we can change this whole country ourselves. No. But God can, and uh, one more one more reason to let go of control. Playing for the Dodgers in LA is just saying that it's 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 amazing, it's ridiculous. The prayer I say before I go out there and pitch is, you know, not God, you know, let me win today, or God, you know, help me pitch good. It's you know, God, just be with me. With all the different people and different cultures and different religions. You can kind of just, just kind of become one, you know, one with the crowd. 
you know, um, he said something very important just now, and that is that he doesn't pray to go out and win the game. He doesn't pray to uh, possibly to, to make another million dollars on his contract. He prays, God be with me. And see, that is so important because if we don't ask God to come with us at all times, you know, God is a gentleman. His Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And they don't force. He doesn't force himself on us. And so for this young man to say, Lord, just be with me, please. And look at what God has accomplished through him. You know, going, going over to Africa and building a, an orphanage. You know. Right. That's and just, it's for 12 kids, which yes. seems small. A small drop in the bucket. But, man, what an amazing thing for those 12 kids. And Absolutely. then the next 12 kids, and then the next 12 kids. That's right, because I, I know he and his wife aren't going to stop at just the one. No, no, no. This is a couple years old. He's They have like four or five now. See, that's what I'm talking about. But it's not about the the prestige of being a major league baseball player. It's not about the you know the million-dollar contracts for him. It's about, God, where you at? What you, what well, you see, doing? and it's funny that uh, uh, these things and uh, this show in particular has taught me how to pray. Just because mm -hmm. um, a couple weeks back we did this one uh, with an ice skater, and he told this story about how um, somebody had asked him what he prays for, and he said he always says, "Oh, you know, what does he tell God?" And mm -hmm. he's, "Oh, I just always tell God." And this guy had tumors and all sorts of stuff, a very, very bad health problems. Um, but he said, "Oh no, I just thank God for my blessings, and I thank God for the things that I have, and I thank God." And they're like, "Well, do you ever ask God for anything?" Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, no, I don't want to bother him. I don't. And I'm, that's kind of how I think. I don't want to bother him. And he said, you're a dad, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, well, yeah. And he's like, well, if your son came to you, wouldn't you want him asking you that's right. everything? Wouldn't, that's you right. want, wouldn't you want to provide everything? And it was just like, boom, like, it, like a bomb in my head yeah. went off. Like, oh, wait, I'm allowed to ask God. Yes. I'm allowed to ask God for the things that I want. Yes, absolutely. What? Yeah. So I didn't even realize that. Um, I'm not sure why I didn't realize that, but it's changed the way that I talk to God. It, and it's because of um, how we're taught, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I was raised up in a, a, a culture, a society in which we were told you don't question God. You don't you don't question God. God is God. And I find that, you know, yes, God is God. He really is. But he's my heavenly father. And if I can ask my earthly father questions like why did such and such happen? Surely I can ask God the same question. Almost more so, right? Absolutely. <laughs> because he knows the beginning. Well, he knows the ending before the beginning. Right. He knows all this stuff. <laughs> so why wouldn't I ask God, Lord, why why that happen? Why you let that happen, Lord? Yeah. And I do ask him stuff. It, it just recently, um, one of my soldiers from 1988 called me, and um, he said, "Drill." he calls me Drill Mama. I was his drill sergeant. He called me Drill Mama. He said, Drill Mama, what you doing June the 23rd through the 30th? And I said, let me get my calendar. And I looked. I said, oh, I don't have anything for that week. And he said, good. Um, his fiance and he are getting married, and they want me to perform the ceremony. Wait a minute. Where's the ceremony going to be? Hawaii. Oh, <laughs> poor you. And he's, he's paying for it for myself and my husband to go over to Hawaii. He wants my husband to be the best man and perform the ceremony. Okay, I've never been to Hawaii. And see, this is one of the questions I'd ask the Lord. I said, why can't I go to Hawaii? I said, everybody else going to Hawaii. I just don't understand why I can't go to Hawaii. And look at what he did. That's so funny. Okay. It reminds me of that Janis Joplin song. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a, a Mercedes, Mercedes Benz? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so 
yes, we're supposed to ask God these questions, but this young man, he wants God's presence in his life. And that's I just, think that's beautiful. That's I awesome. Hope, I hope you have a good time. That's awesome. I love Hawaii. Oh, I am going to. I am. I just, I, I'm, I, what can I say? I'm just, I'm pleased as punch. I really am. And, and I looked at God when I got off the phone with my soldier. I said, Father, thank you. Thank you. Because I said, you do have a marvelous sense of humor, but thank you. You know, and I really appreciate that. So I, I'm just saying that to say, you know, this, when you talk about I am too, okay, you're putting yourself behind God and letting God be God. Yeah. Because it, that's what he wants. It's funny, when it when it clicked to me what I am second, man, it, I, I immediately went back. My grandparents had this, I'm sure you've all seen it. It's the picture of the footprints in the sand. And then it said, uh, you know, when I looked back, there was only one set of footprints, and yes. it was because God was carrying me. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, that whole, I think it's a proverb, I guess. I uh, I immediately thought of that, and I was like, oh, we're, it actually makes a lot of sense, a lot of sense. It there, I remember a couple years back there was that country singer that the take the Jesus take the wheel, and I remember going, "No, you should hold on to the wheel so you don't get into a wreck." But it was after the wreck, you know. The whole idea of the song is, "I'm in Jesus's hands now, Carrie so please, wood. yeah, uh -huh. so please, I'm in your hands, so yes. please protect me." Yes, and and he does, and you know, I see these little signs that say. Um, Jesus is my co-pilot. I'm like, no, nah, baby, uh, -uh not, not today. I'm the co-pilot. Uh, co Let him be the pilot because he can take care of so much more than what I can do. My, I have very finite thinking. I, I'm very limited in my thinking, but he has the expanse of the entire world. And so he knows what to do. And so I just, I, I really like this. I, I like this. I am second. And I, I, I hope to be able to hear more of these. Well, throughout the year, I think uh, we're going to try to do at least one every week or so. Okay. Um, hopefully you're here for the, for uh, some of them, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, I want to get groups of us. I like mm -hmm. that we did an individual one. I want to get Angie and the whole good news gals mm -hmm. in here. Cause I think that everybody's take on it is just a little bit different. I, and yeah. I really, really like these. They're very, very powerful. Yeah, this is this is good. This is really good. Was there any more? There's 20 seconds left, and he really just says, I'm Clayton Kershaw, and I'm second, so we're just going to skip the rest of it. Amen. But. Well, that's good, and I, I'm Beatrice Bruno, and I'm second. What about you? I'm Dave Keita. I am second. <laughs> so if we could get a movement going on with that, you know, and just realize that God is, is supposed to be in first place. He is in first place, and we need to let God be God because he can do so much more than what we're capable of doing. Look at your last situation with your son, Jason. I know. I mean, and I, I was completely powerless. Amen. And so it was easy to give up control in a situation like that because I'm not a doctor. I don't know what is That's going right. on. However... Right. I haven't tried to take control back since then. And Amen. I think that's very empowering to me. I feel better. I feel lighter. Good for you. Good for you. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today to The Good News with Angie Austin and friends. This is Beatrice Bruno, the Drill Sergeant of Life, and I have so enjoyed you today. I hope you enjoyed our, our good news story. I am second. Think about it. Are you second or are you putting yourself up there at first so that God is second? So God bless y'all. We love you with the love of Jesus. And we'll see you next time on The Good News with Angie Austin and Friends. Bye-bye. 
Hi, it's Angie. My favorite vacation spot in the world has a deal for you. It's YMCA of the Rockies. It's their 110th anniversary at the YMCA of the Rockies, and they're offering lodge rooms for $84 per night. My whole family stays in one lodge room. That deal is through the end of December and includes two free breakfasts every morning. And here's some of the things that are included. Some of these cost a little bit more, but most of them are free, like the roller skating, swimming. There's a Nordic Center. It's a little extra for rock climbing. You can learn how to do archery, horseback riding at Snow Mountain Ranch. The s'mores and the campfires are so much fun. Sometimes there's singing and sometimes there's movies. And we see this guy called the Mountain Man. My family loves this spot. We go at least twice a year. And we will be enjoying this offer ourselves as well. Again, it's the 110th anniversary. YMCA winter deals, 84 bucks for a lodge room. A family of five can sleep in one of these lodge rooms. And again, two free breakfasts per day. Check it out, YMCA. MCAtherockies.org. Hey, it's Angie. I promised you that uh, Tyra Lalo, our singer for the Real Women Conference, Breakout with Year with, Breakout Year with Jesus, uh, January 28th at Grace uh, Fellowship of Lakewood, 830 to 1230. We make you breakfast. We make a really good breakfast, too. We include that in there, and it's real economical. Anyway, uh, we said that Tyra was going to sing, and so Tyra, just tell us a little bit about what's in your heart, how you determine what songs you're going to sing, and then you're going to do a little acapella for us. Well, really quick, um, you know, I pray because God knows what the women need. The thing about worship is that it's an intimate time with the Lord. It's a time for us to just lay everything at his feet and allow him to have his way and do a work in us, even in song. So I, um, I, just, I just concentrate on that, Lord, what do you want us to sing? And we go for it. And that's what we're gonna do when we, uh, when we have the conference. It's just gonna be a time of just spending time with him praising his name, worshiping him, preparing our hearts, you know, so that when the speakers come, then they'll be able to share and um, just say some things that I know God's going to have for the women. Excellent. So what are you going to sing for us? Mm, I think I'm going to sing I Love You, Lord. Oh, we'll just I love do that. that. I love it, love it, love it. Okay. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King, in what you
You know, I wonder, um, you know, I kind of feel like how proud the Lord must be of Tyra because I feel like I found her and brought us, brought her to my con- the conference. And so I was like, I'm just like, oh, yeah, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do you know I brought her? I found her. You know, the Tyra, like, I'm the one that knew how good she was. I mean, did you guys know that? And like, So I can't even imagine, like, how proud the Lord is because uh, I feel a pride in you that we were able to get you to be part of our conference. And, again, it's real women, real issues, real solutions. It's our third conference, and this year we're calling it Breakout Year with Jesus, Grace. Fellowship of Lakewood, uh, 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m., very economical. And uh, I think today uh, is the last day of our early bird pricing, so um, check it out. And uh, you can go to uh, Facebook, Real Women 3, or you can go to AngieAustinRadio.com. And uh, uh, Michelle, did you, did, did you, you know, in the last two years we've done this, has anyone had, uh, Jenny, you're new to our group, but um, anyone come up to you and um, fi- and say anything about, you know, your, the impact of the conference on them? Absolutely. Even people that I have known for years really? that had made an, in, it, it had made a difference in what they had done. Oh, so wow. I know that, I know that God has us all together for a reason at a particular time and a particular place, and we are just thrilled to be a teeny bit a part of his message. So may we be good vessels all the way around. Excellent. And I um, had several women approach me, Robbie, last year. You've been to, you spoke last year, but the year before you were there as a visitor. I Well, last year I was a, um, a MC, MC. but the year before I went, and uh, I, I'm so sorry, Angel? Yeah. Someone talked about uh, money. Oh, was right. it Angel or no? Or was it Angel Diana, Diana? Diana. Right. Yeah, Diana. Anyway, she talked about money, and the Lord worked on me so much at that conference. Then I went home. We talked. My uh, my husband John, we're out of debt. Mm. Wow. This conference can change your life. Love that. Grace Fellowship of Lakewood. And again, 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. AngieAustinRadio.com. Click on that or go to Facebook, Real Women 3. And we'd love to have you there. You know, we put this together ourselves this year. We didn't get professional planners this time. We didn't, you know, get professional flyers. This is We Make You Breakfast. We've got women there. We are going to speak. We are going to change your heart. If you're hurting, you'll feel better. If you're depressed, you will not be depressed when you leave. And we're going to offer you some of the solutions that we found in Christ for the problems that we've dealt with in life. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at angieaustinradio.com.